Hello, this is Hope, and you're listening to Covert Castaway. Welcome to my weekly diary of what I learn and how I cope with transitioning to life as a liveaboard cruiser. So I wanted to give everyone an update on our current status, and mostly I'm just trying to make sense out of this new world we live in. Much like you guys, of course, the last couple weeks have been the longest year of my life. So much is unfolding, it's, it's absolutely overwhelming. In the last podcast, we were sharing that, that commissioning was still moving forward and we were hoping to get the boat in the water. My husband was in France overseeing the commissioning and things were running relatively smooth. We were growing concerned about the situation, but there had been no real travel bans or border closures or business closures for that matter. The boatyard was still operating, and um, the number of cases in France was, of course, you know, a third of what it is now. And now everything has totally changed. So in today's podcast, my husband and I share what happened over the last week or so and where we are as we regroup in this new reality. Yes, he got home safely. Uh, so actually, uh, we will be recording this podcast at our kitchen table. So let's start off where we left off last time, which was you were in an apartment and you were accumulating all kinds of equipment and supplies for the boat. And the boat was in the boatyard kind of waiting for it to not be rainy so that the anti-fouling could get applied. And so what happened next? Like, take it from there. Maybe you can describe what happened once everybody in La Rochelle and in France started to realize the severity of the situation. So, yeah, it was Monday, Monday last week. And in the afternoon, there were some rumors circulating about people hearing from other people who were connected in high places that uh, France will shut down the next day. So as those rumors became more and more real, I had to kind of figure out a couple things. Uh, with all the equipment that I have had been accumulating in the apartment. I mean, you had so much stuff. You had boxes and boxes. of Yeah. There was uh, between sailing stuff that we had gotten a shipment from the Netherlands. Um, and then I bought, I went to the... Um, uh, to buy tools and so to buy uh, sports equipment and everything was supposed to be loaded on the boat before I leave La Rochelle. I mean, you bought bikes and paddle boards and tools and, um, yeah. and, and not to mention all the stuff that you had started ordering on Amazon, like for the boat itself. Yeah. yeah. So, so there was a lot of stuff. There was a, like a mini warehouse, the apartment. So suddenly it was Monday afternoon, the lockdown was supposed to happen the next day at noon. So I had to figure out quickly what I was going to do with that stuff. So uh, luckily with Uchimara, they, um, they had space for me to kind of put some boxes there and the bikes and different things. So got help from Batiste. We uh, moved stuff in the car back and forth. Um, and this was all within a day, right? This was this was a so, pretty short time frame. Yeah, I had on the Monday night. I had uh, tried to figure out also how to get to my parents' house, like about two hours north of where I was, and so 
I was able to rent a car. Uh, they were considered being like um, public utility. Like, um, so, so that was good. I had the way to go to my parents' house and I had a way to move stuff around. And um, so I packed everything the night before and then in the morning I started to load the car and move those in the different locations. And once that was taken care of, so some of it is on the boat, some of it is at Uchimara. Uh, one suitcase is at the apartment. I talked to the owner, it was okay with that. And some of it, I brought it back to my parents' house. So not counting, we have the life raft that is in the warehouse too. So we have stuff like everywhere. So the next day, uh, signed my piece of paper, got on the road and tried to uh, get to my parents' Wait house. Wait a minute. So explain the paper, the yeah. piece of paper. So what France decided, so the French president talked on Monday night at 8 p.m. and said to France, France will go into a lockdown the next day at noon. And you had only five reasons that you could be out. And in order for you to go outside and not get fined, you will need to print this piece of paper and check one of the five boxes to specify the reasons you were going there. You were outside. Sign your name, date it, and uh, so if the police stops you, then they check. So I didn't have a way to print anything, so I wrote a piece of paper just where I was going, who I was, and so the police didn't stop me. I think the first day on Tuesday, they were pretty, pretty relaxed. Uh, but as the days have gone by, I've heard they're getting more and more straight. Yeah, so just to back up, so what was happening on my side here was, I mean, they hadn't even done the shelter in place really yet. Mm-mm. Um, and so you and I were kind of talking, because you had said even the day before that, you went out to dinner and there were people in the restaurants and, you know, it was like nothing happened. And then suddenly overnight, they start, you know, you have to have a piece of paper to leave the house. Yeah. So that well, happened started, pretty quickly. So it was on Monday, the announcement was made, but the, the prior week... Uh, the president asked everybody to go into lockdown, stay home. And then during the weekend, people did what, what they you know, wanted to what do. What they wanted yeah. to do. So they went to cafe and restaurants. And after seeing what happened over the weekend, he said, that's, that's it. And we're going into lockdown. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what happened. And um, Monday and then Tuesday, move the stuff, uh, drive to my parents' house. And at the time, I think the lockdown was maybe two weeks, but I had heard rumors of like 30 days to 45 days. So in my mind, I was, okay, worst case, I'm going to be at my parents' house like 30 days, maybe 45 days. Right, because what we talked about was, you know, um, okay, so if you're going to be there, you just hang out with your parents for a couple of weeks and then continue with the boat stuff. And on yeah. my side, out here... You know, it, it was concerning, but like I said, we hadn't had the shelter in place and things weren't really progressing very quickly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this whole thing happened literally overnight. Like you were you were packing the car, you were like driving to your parents' house, and then we were sort of like, oh, okay, well, maybe you can just like get back on the boat in a couple weeks or whatever. Yeah, there was kind of the thinking at the time that, okay, a month later, I will drive back to La Rochelle. Meanwhile, during those months, during this month, I will order stuff from Amazon. So you still do stuff house. at your parents' house. Yeah. yeah. And I will be like going back to whenever La Rochelle opens up and they start doing the bottom paint and stuff. Then I will be there and I put the boat in the water, load the boat with all the stuff. And we would move on with our lives. And, you know, and then yeah. come back to the U.S. or something. At, at least a week before, 
at least a week before, yeah, we had decided for you to not come. Yeah, we had kind of decided, like, the last podcast we did, um, I was sort of like, well, I don't know if I'll be able to go or not. But then very quickly, like the next day or two, we decided I wasn't going to go. But we thought, well, worst case, um, you can fly back on your return ticket because I was supposed to meet you for a week and then fly back. Um, or you could just stay there mm-hmm. and then we could continue, you know, with, with the plan and, and change your, your flight back. Mm-hmm. So you're at your parents. We had, you know, a phone call and, and then things started progressing really quickly. So they started doing the shelter in place here. And then the next thing you know, your flight that was at that point in time, what, like a week and a half away yeah, at that point? Yeah, week and a half. Yeah, because it would have the been... The original flight. Yeah, you would have been coming back basically today. We would have this been coming back basically Sunday, this yeah. Sunday. Yeah. So um, I looked online and your flight had been changed to go through New York because it had been a direct flight from Charles de Gaulle, but then they started canceling the legs to mm-hmm. your flight. And so I was like, oh man. Um, so I went on and I was trying to get you, know, um, you a, a different return flight. And then United was saying, oh, these flights are being canceled. And I started going, oh, wow, I may not, you may not be able to get back if we wait a week. So I got on and I started like get, you know, looking at all the different airlines. By the way, like none of them would answer my calls. The only people that would answer my call was United because I was global services. So you have to either direct, directly book online and hope for the best. Or I was, you know, being, being directed to United and some of their partners. So through that, through there, I had you booked through Montreal Mm-hmm. through Canada on Air Canada and then literally I hung up the phone and Trump got on TV with Justin Trudeau or whatever and and they were saying oh we're going to close the border mm-hmm. and literally like that your flight was canceled um mm-hmm. so that was crazy um so yeah I guess that was that same that was that same Monday then I was booking those flights no there was uh, or was that there was on Wednesday. Wednesday so what happened yeah um, on Wednesday, um, was it on Wednesday? I think it was on Wednesday. Um, no, I think it was on Tuesday. I had a call with my team and my team is pretty geographically dispersed. So, uh, there are people in Italy, people in Germany, people in the UK, uh, somebody in Quebec and other people in California and myself, I was in France. So we did a little check-in as a team to see how everybody was doing, but also to find out what was happening in all the places. And after hearing from everybody, especially the folks from Italy, um, the next morning, so it would have been Wednesday morning, I started to think about, okay, maybe the country is going to be locked down for like 30 days, but what's going to happen once the number starts to get better? Uh, And then I started to realize it's probably not going to the unlockdown <laughs> is not going to happen as fast as the lockdown. And then I started to realize, oh, that could take like a month or two, maybe to suddenly like bring some businesses back, you know, into, into like work and, right. and, but, you know, maybe like less essential businesses and will still be closed. And so it might be like very gradual monitoring from week to week, you know, if the number other numbers keep going down or, and then I said I had sent you a text and be like, mm, I, I'm thinking that it might be a good idea that I get back home. Yeah. And when you woke up later that that day because you were in California, 
then you started to that's when I started booking all, all the flights so yeah. I had already come to yeah. the conclusion that I needed to probably to leave and then you realized that everything was getting canceled yeah exactly so that's what was going on so yeah. then it was like Wednesday late afternoon um, when well so the original flight was canceled and you had booked me a flight on Saturday the week prior so that got canceled so then you booked me two flights on the next day yeah then it turned into like the next day plan because i was like holy cow you know because the further out it seemed like the further out the flights were getting booked the more they were getting canceled Mm -hmm. or they were starting to get canceled so much they were rerouting through four four or five different stops that was crazy so i'm like okay what's the soonest he can get out of there so that was then thursday morning right so, so that, that was at my time your in time. France. That was uh, your Wednesday, late late Wednesday. And then, so the, one of the flights you had was leaving the next day from Paris at like 10.30 or something in the morning, pretty early. And uh, the problem is that I was in Brittany where my parents live. And so I needed to go from Brittany to Paris. And the, the first train was going to get me to Paris something like 9 o'clock. Like no, it was, it was like 9.11. Yeah. It was like a quarter past. Almost. I had like at the most an hour and a half to get off the train and be uh, on time to board the plane. So that was pretty tight. So the thinking was Wednesday night. It wasn't even an hour and a half. I mean, it was like an hour and 15 minutes. Some, yeah. It was, yeah. So then I was like, okay, plan B, let's, I'm going to go rent a car and I'll leave early and I'll drive to Paris. So I checked online the uh, rental um, company was closing at 9 p.m. So I'm like, okay, good. Um, we'll have dinner. Then I'll just take the metro, go there, rent a car. I get there. All rental companies are closed. I call and somebody picks up the phone, but they say there's nothing we can do if they're not physically in the office. So the rental uh, option um, yeah, went that away. went away. And I'm, I'm like, oh, just call Uber. And you're like, no, no, they don't have Uber in France. It doesn't well, work this maybe, way. But there is no like Uber yeah. to Paris. And yeah. So so then it was um, back to Because that a. was by, by now, that was like 8 p.m. your time in France. Yeah. And the flight left the next morning. Yeah. At, I had a 1030 flight booked and a 1040 flight book. Yeah. But they were in different, completely different terminals at, mm-hmm. at the airport. So I booked the first train. And then the, the, the trains, they were like basically 30%, like, you know, of cap- not capacity. The, of the stops. Of the, like the, the times, the, the schedule. The, yeah, yeah. Usual traffic is like only 30%. They reduced the traffic. So luckily there was a train like um, early in the morning and... I just had to take a chance, taking the risk that I will get stuck at the airport for a while or something. So um, I arrive in Charles de Gaulle, and then I'm like, okay, uh, I need to rush. But I, wait, so back at the ranch, I I set my yeah. alarm because mm-hmm. it was like what one thirty or two my in the morning my time, something like this, and I was really stressed out because. I had to cancel the other flight if you were lucky to get on the f- mm-hmm. flight you wanted or try to book you another flight immediately somehow while you were at the airport. Mm-hmm. So um, I woke up and, you know, I was like, how much longer? How much longer are you going to be there? And you're, you're texting me on WhatsApp and you're like, uh, we're running a little late on yeah. the train. <laughs> yeah, we were running like a 10 minutes late. Oh my late, God, so I was, was freaking like, out. I don't have 10 minutes to spare. Yeah. So... Uh, but luckily, the airport was almost empty, so that, yeah. that helped. 
Um, so then I get to American Airlines. On top of this, there was no way to get the boarding pass online. So I had to go yeah. to the to the person right. to get a boarding pass. And I'm talking to the person and she says, oh, right after your flight, we're closing. I say, oh, what do you mean? Is it the last flight uh, to go from, from France to the U.S.? She says, no, this is the last flight from American Airlines out of Paris, Charles de Gaulle. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, oh man. my gosh. Okay. Now, and by the way, so the Air Canada had stopped operating. Lufthansa had stopped operating. Um, United had stopped off operating. Mm-hmm. And I knew that for a fact because those are the flights that, that got canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, so this American Airlines flight was quite possibly the last flight yeah. out of France no, back to the U.S. I was shocked. I was yeah. like, well, okay, let's hope that it leaves. So, but then security, everything was quick. Um, get there, no problem. And the plane is pretty much empty. Um, there's like nobody sitting in the middle. Everybody's sitting <laughs> by the windows. And it's kind of one person out of every yeah. two or three rows. So before once the board, the plane was boarded, and then yeah. I moved around and to be like further away from other people. And then you connected through Dallas, and then there was a two-hour delay and all that, but the flight was pretty much the same. But I think the next big decision we sort of had to make, now that, like, once you got on the flight, I, I was just, like, so relieved because I knew at least you were going to mm. be in the United States. Yeah. Okay, so so that was positive. Like, worst case in the world, you could rent drive. a car and drive from I Dallas, checked. I guess. It's still a long <laughs> It's a way long from way. Dallas. Yeah. yeah, but that would, at but, least you'd be in the United States. But I remember checking yeah. that as an option. Yeah. So the next big decision was, okay, so you're going to fly in through all these airports and train stations, mm-hmm. um, you know, and up to that point, you had sort of just been in La Rochelle in a little contained area with just interacting with a few people. It wasn't, it's not like it's a huge, big city, you mm-hmm. know, so um, through the train, through the Charles de Gaulle airport, through the Dallas airport, you know, I'm thinking, okay, is he going to catch catch this virus so do i do i pick you up do you find a way to our other place um and stay for two weeks by yourself i mean what were you thinking about that whole thing yeah so well first and foremost i was thinking like okay i'm going to wear a mask the whole time uh, the only time i remove the mask is just to eat and i will wash my hands with like some purell and so my goal was good, like it's limited people in the airport, very few people in the airplane. I'm wearing my mask and I'm washing my hands whenever I go to like the bathroom yeah, yeah. and stuff. So so then that was the first thing. Then then it was two options in my mind. It's like one was okay, at the house where we're staying at, it's like I could spend two weeks there in quarantine and then you can stay in, in the other house and and then after two weeks, then I will be clear and then we can be reunited. And and we talked about it. Uh, so that was one option. The other option was, okay, if um, if the risk was low, given like the sm- low amount of people and stuff, then maybe we will reconsider. And then what came on top of that was, so California was in a lockdown and my expectation was they will start to move as fast as the European countries to really lock down and really to enforce and to give enforce. citations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and especially also to maybe close the border with the neighboring states, because each state in the U.S. currently is doing their own version of a lockdown or no lockdown. 
So if people traveling in across the country uh, from one state that has no lockdown to another state that has a lockdown, that's not working very well. So Right. And now I remember. So what had happened is there were these announcements that the National Guard was going to come in and then there were rumors that there were going to be um, barricades at, at states potentially. But the thing, the thing that the reason why I decided to pick you up and um, not worry about the quarantine is I started to feel like, OK, so I'm in Tahoe. You're down in the Bay Area. You're by yourself. You get sick. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to be sick by yourself and like, what? <laughs> Try to figure out how to get to the hospital? I mean, that just didn't make any sense. So I felt like, okay, if you're going to get sick, I'm going to take care of you anyway. So I'm going to be exposed. So that's sort of where we landed. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I decided to pick you up and... um here we are. <laughs> so well, yeah. No, then then we were like, okay, what do we do next? Like, yeah. And then we packed the car. We decided, okay, let's drive to Tahoe, and where will be better location to kind of quarantine ourselves. Um, so then we packed the car, and the assumption was, well, we'll be there for a couple months. So we packed everything we would need for a couple months, and then we drove to Tahoe. And at that point, it was so. Like, what just so to back up? So what happened is, I drove down Thursday to pick you up. I think you landed at eight thirty. Eight thirty at yeah. night or something. Mm. Yeah. And so I I drove down, picked you up, then from Tahoe. Then we spent the night in the Bay Area at our apartment there, and then we were like, okay, we'll just pack up, you know, for however long. Just take your essential belongings stuff, and we'll hunker down up in Tahoe. We'll drive mm. back up to Tahoe. So we drive back up. We get ourselves situated, and then we wake up Sunday morning. So Saturday had gone by. We're like, you know, okay, we're going to hunker down. We're like getting all comfortable and and cozy. Mm -hmm. And then we started to worry about our lease and like how long will it be and um, all of these factors for us to need to stay down there completely changed. Yeah, what the fear was, okay, if in a week or so, we're unable to move, or if they close the border between California and Nevada, then we're stuck here. So, and we're paying rent the yeah, whole time. Yeah, for us you being know. stuck here, okay, it's, it's, not, it's ba- not bad. It's not bad. The problem is we have personal items and the furnitures in the other house that we're renting. And valuables, yeah. Yeah, and then we were thinking, okay, we can not renew contract, but we can right because our lease is up in yeah thirty. But days. then they could claim that well, you have stuff there, therefore you need to keep paying. And then we're like, okay, we really don't want to keep paying in a place where we're not staying at for right. a long period of time. So then the Sunday morning, we decide let's drive back down and let's take all our personal stuff and then we'll offer to leave the furnitures there so they can rent it as a, as a fully furnished house. Right. So we get in the car, we drive back down to the Bay Area, mm-hmm. um, which actually went really quickly because there are literally no cars on the road. Yeah. And we get down there and we decide, okay... We pack up our stuff. I talked to the landlord and she's like, oh, you know, I'll definitely have an easier time trying to rent it if it's furnished. And I said, okay, so is it cool if we leave some of the furniture? Because we were going to get rid of the furniture anyway if we were going to move up here or move on to the boat, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, what are we going to do with it? So it was really our clothes, personal items, valuables, you know, sentimental items, things like this. So we literally moved in what, like, 
three hours? Uh, yeah, total from the time <laughs> we made the decision after breakfast to the time we were back here was 12 hours. So count three yeah, hours. Yeah, but that's that's six hours of driving or yeah. six and a half hours so of driving. So six hours to pack the car, to donate stuff. The car was full. We took stuff to the Goodwill, right? Yeah. yeah. And then repack the car with everything else and then figure out a way uh, to leave my motorcycle, uh, my bike, uh, bicycle, and a couple other things at a friend's house. Um, so take care of all that. But we were super lucky because we we drove up and I see the neighbor like putting stuff out on the curb. Oh yeah. And I'm like I'm like, okay, so is the is donation day tomorrow or trash day? And they said no no it's big bulk trash day. And mm-hmm. we were like oh yes. So we were able to take all the trash we would have had to somehow figure out how to get rid of yeah. and put it on the curb. And they picked it all up. I that mean, totally oh my God, we must have, we had so much stuff. We drove that day and that day. Yeah. So there was like, I mean, there was a lot so of stuff. So much stuff we had to throw street. away. Yeah. I'm sure that every, I mean. I didn't think they would pick it up. Yeah. But yeah, our friend said, yeah, they picked up everything. So. That's crazy. So, so we was, drove back up. Yeah. So that was Sunday night. Um, yeah. And today's you know, Thursday. Thursday. And all week I've been thinking something else is going to happen that we're going to require that quickly to find like (laughs) a solution, logistical solution to solve another problem because it happened um, Tuesday to go from La Rochelle to my parents' house. It happens Thursday morning to leave friends to go to the U.S. It happened Friday when we decided, okay, let's pack the car let's and pack everything. Tarot, and it happened again Sunday. So that was like a crazy... So week. we had four fire drills. Well, you had four mm-hmm. fire drills in a row. Yeah. That was nuts. So, yeah. So finally, kind of like... We're kind of here. We can yeah. take a deep breath. Um, all right. So the boat is on the hard. Yep. Um, the boat yard is shut down. Yep. Everything is... As far as we can tell... Um, yeah, until further notice, and who knows when that's going to be. Yeah. I guess the silver lining a little bit um, to offset kind of the, the pain of knowing that you paid for a boat that's sitting in a boatyard for God knows how long is that it's out of the factory. So yeah. there are some boats that um, are in the factory that will wait for parts from wherever they need their parts from, and they could sit there for quite some time. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because we're at the end of March. Um, all major companies close in August, like Fontaine Peugeot, for the whole month of August. So that means at some point in time, they're going to be able to get back to work. The problem is it's kind of they build the hull and, 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 the, and the deck. But the rest is basically an assembly process where they have parts coming from all over, including Italy, and and then they put this inside the boat. So all these countries are closed and have different schedule of a lockdown, and who knows how they're going to get back to work at what time frame. Right. So before Fontaine Peugeot can, you know, release like a full complete a complete boat. Uh, it might take quite some time. Even if they go back to work, they might not be able to to assemble a complete boat. So, and then then it's going to come to uh, 
the month of August. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm thinking of France, okay? Like, um, what they did in the U.S. is when they decided, okay, the kids are going to be out of school, they're just like, okay, we're shutting down school for the rest of the school year, so we'll see you guys in September. Like, that, that's kind of what ha- has happened here, mm-hmm. at least in California. And so, like in France, when they just say, okay, we're just going to shut down through the summer, and everybody's just going to come back again in, you know, August, September. For school? No, just in general. Oh. Like, why would they try to ramp back up and then in time for summer and then everybody's oh, like I mean, used to their summer I mean, holiday? And then are people really going to go on holiday? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, people are you know everywhere where people are being confined to their house is you know when they feel safe to go on holiday, people are going to want to go on holiday. And I was talking to my boss today. That's going to be an issue. You know, when suddenly like the virus is gone and people feel safe, suddenly everybody's going to want to go somewhere after having been locked down for a couple of months. Oh, so you think it's going to be a big, there's going to be a lot of people. So I think, I don't think, I mean, I think French people will go on vacation in July and August, as long as, you know, it's safe. And I think companies that usually close in August, uh, I will be very surprised that they tell people to go to work. Um, so, you know, because they do maintenance work and stuff like this. And so- yeah, so I'm just not even sure that our commissioning agent and, you know, the people that we need to kind of finish our, because we were literally like four days away from putting the boat in the water. Yeah. You know, it's like, are, are they even going to open up and ramp back well, no, up? For, for the commissioning company, that's different because, um, you know, like for our boat, for example, they need the bottom paint, they need to do the bottom paint, and they need to do the two major projects, is the bottom paint and the solar panels. So I'm assuming they have... And they have all the parts. I mean. I'm assuming like the paint they do, because it was supposed to start the day got locked down, and the solar panels, I'm assuming they've been building the frame and they have the solar panels. So I think once they get back to work, I think they're going to be able to complete this project. And maybe like some boats that are sitting there that are waiting for the commissioning to start. Um, I'm pretty sure that Uchimara has ordered the parts and they, they can do the work. So I think for them, they'll be able to get back to work and do some stuff. But if it takes too long for FP, for Fontaine Peugeot to start releasing new boats, then they might yeah, there's definitely this gap that's yeah. going to happen. Like there's the yeah. boats that are in the yard waiting to be completed that are out of the factory. Mm-hmm. We fall in that category. And then there's the boats that are stuck in the factory waiting for other suppliers to finish completing manufacturing yeah. the boat. And I think there's that's going to be a huge lag. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So Yeah, so I don't know, like But even if you have your boat right now, you cannot right. go anywhere. Right. Because all the countries are in lockdown in Europe and the marinas are not accepting new boats from what we hear. So if you have if you have a boat and you know the first thought is like, oh, it's great, you know, you have a boat, you know, you can be on confinement on cor- your yeah. boat and <laughs> and the problem is you cannot leave with your boat. You're basically stuck on your boat. You know, you cannot go from marina to marina. You can probably go to an anchorage and come back to the marina. And, um, and you can get groceries, right? Yeah. 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 I, I think what's, I, what I haven't been able to figure out is like the whole, you know, Schengen visa issues, you know, given this situation, like how people are dealing with that. If you're stuck. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, they'll make exceptions. I'm guessing. But. Yeah. I mean, so our plans, you know, which were originally to, you know, start sailing, you know, in this season, I mean, it, the the farther they back into cold weather, 
in the med, I mean, we could be potentially not really doing our boat plan until next spring. I mean, uh, well, I think it will have to be really bad. So I think Italy is getting better than the, the trend is reversed. I'm hoping that... Well, it's gone down. It hasn't reversed, right? Well, it was going up and up yeah. and up. And, and now the number of cases every day is, is less than the day before. So, so that's a good sign. That means the confinement is working. Um, it'll be interesting to observe how they come out of this confinement. And then, uh, so I think we're at the end of March. Um, I think all the European countries are taking drastic actions to make sure that it's not getting out of control. So I have a feeling that there's a good chance by April, May, June, three months from now, then I think maybe, hopefully, things are back to some kind of a normal. The problem I see is in the U.S., it's, it's, uh, it has been handled very, very poorly. So the numbers are like starting to explode. And so the issue we might face is like suddenly... France is up and running and we can't get out of the United States. Yeah, yeah. so we cannot fly to France because they're like, hey, you're coming from like a contaminated area. <laughs> or if you're yeah. coming, uh, so they might say, hey, no flights from the U.S. or something. Or if you're coming, we might have to be in a quarantine for 14 days or something. So so I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But um, it's definitely a concern how the U.S. has been handling uh, the coronavirus so yeah well this has definitely been a plot twist for us yeah and so. for everyone else yeah. to some degree everybody oh for sure yeah, yeah yeah but in so. terms of our plan it's just sort of you know just well, yeah like everybody else it's just that there's a lot of unknown so mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay so what in the last week or so like what have you learned Oh, man, uh, it's nice to just not be on the run, on the move, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's fun, well, it's fun, you know, one time, but like four times in one week of feeling like rushed and trying to come up with a plan, um, that was a lot, so I'm definitely uh, I think you making that flight took years off my life, for sure, I was freaking yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, well, mine too, yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, so right now it's like trying to adjust. I think I still haven't quite settled down. Uh, but I think you're starting like a normal life a little bit. Um, well, so. in, in containment yeah, or whatever. Yeah, containment. Yeah. But, um, but at least, you know, now it's like things are like not moving out of control. Like, you know, like yeah. it's like, you know. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so far so good on the health front, knock on wood. I think both of us are a little bit paranoid about that, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to take care of ourselves and stuff. So, you know, that's the most important thing. Yep. So now we find ourselves trying to regroup on what our new plan and schedule may look like in the coming weeks and possibly months ahead. What about you? How have your plans changed? Check out the Covert Castaway Facebook page and share your story. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another Covert Castaway. Fair winds for now. Fair winds for now.